Okay, we're recording. Hello, everyone. This this is weird. Do you guys find this weird? Uh, I find this weird because I am sat remarkably close to this fucking mic stand. Mm. So, yeah. And we're in person, all three of us. Which is very strange. And full disclosure, you'll probably notice on the technical end, we've only got two microphones. So, me and Grace are going to be sharing. That might, might make things a bit difficult. But it's good to all be in the same place, eh? I think this is the first time we've done this uh, while we've been doing this podcast. Yeah. Um, me and Nick have been in the same room recording with um, the Chaos episode a few weeks ago. This is the first time we've got all three of us. Mm. And that's all thanks to us having a party yesterday. Yes. That led us to be, I don't know, mildly hungover? I feel okay at this point. I'm feeling it. Okay. Grace, how are you? Yeah, I'm alright. It's just a bit weird because uh, even though we are all together in the same room, uh, Nick is obstructed by a chair. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. So I am just talking to that and then not making eye contact with James, who's crossing me. So... I'm not cross with Grace, just for the record. Yeah, alright. I'm, I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> it is a little strange, and I know what you mean because I'm looking at the back of this chair uh, from which. Grace's voices. Hello, there we go. <laughs> From which Grace's voice is sort of emanating, and yeah, I've got to respond to the back of this chair. But there we go. So we needed the chair to mount the microphone. Um, I'm gonna post a photo on our Tumblr. If you're not following us on Tumblr, you should. It's the coolest social media place, and I will not hear anything otherwise. Well, it is now, isn't it? It is now because Twitter's gone more like shitter. Am I right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's that's it. <laughs> Hi everyone, welcome to Fanfix and Chill. <laughs> Grace Sorry. is taking photos of yeah. the of the chair setup there. That's it. Grace has just um, uh, leaned round and showed me a photo of what I look like from the other side. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's like we've felt the need to cage Nick just to make sure he doesn't do anything drastic. <laughs> it is just the... I've had to warn him once, and yeah, yeah, it's a miracle we're recording at all. But yeah, welcome to Fanfix and Chill. I'm James. Joining me is Nick. Hi. And Grace. Hello. And today, we're going to be reading Time Lad by Demon Fox 38 um, I can just see Grace out the corner of my eye, frantically pulling the fic up as I say that. <laughs> uh, now I understand what she's like when we record. Uh, <laughs> to Time Lad, to Demon Fox. Um, apologies this took so long. I messaged Demon Fox originally early July in as part of a group of Team Fortress 2 fix we were going to cover and I realised we should do this one last because it's a Doctor Who crossover mm. and it's going to tie in with what we're doing next so that is why this took so long. Apologies. Oh. What are Grace we doing is next? miming to point to Messenger. I'm guessing she wants me to send her the fix. <laughs> I'm not logged in on Discord yet, which is why I can't find it. Uh, so Grace, two seconds, Grace two got seconds. a new phone. As a reminder, for the low, low price of £1, you can join us in the Discord where you can see us post these things in real time. But you can't join Grace, because she hasn't logged in yet on her new fancy phone. <laughs> Didn't want to be logged in anyway. Yeah. <laughs> you heard it here first. Two out of three hosts of the Shipping Forecast endorse joining our Discord. Yeah. You can talk to us, uh, you can watch us post fix in real time when we're recording an episode. 
You can request things. You can play Smash or Pass with us. Yeah, you can listen to uh, recordings early. Uh, it just depends when our uh, fearless editor uh, gets mm. them done. Whoever that may be. Whoever that may be. It's me. It is James. But um, yeah, it's usually, I'd say, it ranges from a week to 24 hours before it's due to go up. Depending so, on how chaotic our schedule is. Yeah, which has absolutely gone to pot this year. It's getting better. It's getting so, better. Yeah. But not today. Um, But yeah, Nick, I thought of you when we saw this one because uh, you'll notice in the additional tags, uh, this is crossover, time travel. Blowing up nostalgia. Fourth generation Doctor Who. So this is Tom Baker. This is old school. Oh. And this is some parodying parodying the style of Douglas Adams. Oh, wow. Who I that's believe excellent. is an author you're a fan of. Uh, yeah. Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy is the book I grew up on. I won't say scared, but as a, as a relatively sheltered teenager trying to find the way in the world, um, you know, looking out at all the endless shades of grey that living in a northern town affords you to. Like after reading that, if uh, a spaceship had landed in uh, in Pearson Park, I would have been the first one down there trying to get on the damn thing. So, but that is a sentiment shared by many people growing up in Hull. Incidentally, yeah, yeah. the town, the only town known to rhyme with both dull and hell. Yeah, this is it. Not endorsing our hometown. Today. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so the summary: the demo man bums a ride off a time traveler in the hopes that he can correct the past. Maybe the past isn't worth saving, though. Oh. So, Nick, I take it you want to narrate. Uh, yeah, I'd, I'd love to narrate. Okay. Grace, the two characters involved. The, the main two characters. There are other characters as we go. And we'll figure that out as we read. We've got the Demo Man and Romana II. Now, Romana is another Time Lord. Uh, she was a companion briefly. And she's very kind of posh schoolgirl from the 70s kind of vibe. Just, uh, okay. Just be yourself, Grace. Just be yourself. I go scouse half the time. I don't think I can be myself, but I can try and put on a received BBC accent if you like. We did learn something about Grace uh, in the past few hours, mm. at least from last night. And yes. If Grace drinks a sufficient amount of alcohol, she does just become scouse. Yeah. However... No additional comment. However... um. We played... There were a few of us. It wasn't just three of us in a room. We do have other friends outside of the podcast. Uh, we were playing a game called Fun Employed. Uh, I won't go into the details. Just look it up. It's a fun game. But there's a lot of improv. Uh, it really works on your improv skills, does uh, does Fun Employed. Now, playing Fun Employed against Grace, uh, I felt like... Yeah, I felt like I was a member of the junior under-fives football team going up against Manchester United. It was, it, it was just like a walkover. In a room of awkward improving adults, Grace was Sir Patrick Stewart. Yeah. Who just wandered in and was... No, William Shatner. <laughs> <laughs> she Shatnered it. <laughs> she Shatnered all over Nick's house. Thanks. <laughs> So I think she'll be perfect. I see. Anyway. Yeah, unless there's anything else you want to say. Um, because it took so long, Demon Fox. Nothing else I can think of off the top of my head. So yeah, just sort of skimming into this, uh, it does feel... I've only read the first couple of paragraphs and just skim read them, but it, it feels like listening to the radio series of The Hitchhiker's Guide to the oh. Galaxy. So I'm, I'm going to try and sort of... So yeah, 
It was, by no fault of his new... That went well. Take two. It was, by no fault of his own, noon again. While it was hard to say if the demo man ever kept a schedule, his kidneys were punctual. If he did not wake up by noon, they would promptly take the place of his poor alarm clock, leaving the machine without a function or purpose. As his internal organs spurred him into life, the demo man's one good eye wandered lazily about the room. He'd fallen asleep in the kitchen again. That was inconvenient. There was no lavatory in the kitchen. Unfortunately for the demo man, the organs outside of his torso suffered the worst after each hangover. His eye was reddened, clouded, and floating in a part-tier, part-scrumpy cocktail. His brain felt like a heavy lead brick mounted atop his head. He sniffled once as he stumbled out a doorway, trying to navigate to the nearest restroom. Since his faculties were more focused on getting upright and moving than trying to determine any specific direction, he was led by accident into a nearby blue box. You may ask yourself, and rightly so, what's so special about a blue box? It's not the shade or the shape that's important. It's what the box is not. First of all, it's not a square box. This object is rectangular, tall. It's adorned with charming little handles and glass windows. The front door has what appears to be a brass lock and a public notice, along with a telephone that does not work. To any passerby, it may look like a quirky phone booth, something from across the pond. That would not be quite correct either, as this particular blue box had travelled for eons and across galaxies, only to land in this peculiar little tract of land on the bottom of the United States of America. The blue box was not an outhouse either, but the demo man did not know this as he stepped inside. (laughs) (laughs) There were several strange things that he did not expect. The primary shock of finding a blonde woman in what he thought was a restroom was the first thing that threw him off kilter. Following that, there was the funny feeling of realising that space was not correct inside of this box. Sorry, I love that. That he's just first thing you know, oh, there's a woman in here. Oh wait, the dimensions <laughs> it's bigger are on the wrong. inside. <laughs> <laughs> the room in which he was standing was larger than what the box could possibly contain. It was white with the cleanliness and blinding power of a fresh snowstorm. Metal panelling covered some of the walls, but they had large bubbles punched out of them in a capricious fashion. Setting in the middle of the room was a... Well, he didn't know rightly what it was. It looked like a silver mushroom with a hexagonal head. A rainbow-coloured cylinder jutted out of the centre of the mushroom, the head itself covered with knobs and flashing lights. I take it this isn't the lavatory, then, the demo man said. No. The blonde woman shook her head. She was short, proportioned less like an adult, and more like if Lewis Carroll's little protagonist had shot up to around five feet tall. That's Adam's right there. She pointed towards a hallway behind her. There is one in the back there, if you would like to use it. The demo man nodded. Think I will, if I'm not being rude. As strange as the lobby to the lavatory had been, the restroom itself was not hard to figure out. After attending to his business, the demo man stumbled back. The blonde woman was messing with a coat rack towards the back of the room, fidgeting with her own apparel. Like most things inside the blue box, she only served to confuse him. Little women didn't live in restrooms, particularly not ones that men frequented. Pardon me for asking, but did you happen to notice how big this room is? The demo man asked. The woman nodded. I suppose. It's not the largest room here, though. The demo man scrunched up his face. Seems awfully big for a lavatory. Well, it's not. The woman corrected him. It's a time machine. Most people upon being told they were inside of a time machine, would have one of two prompt reactions. The first would be to scoff at the suggestion of such a device. 
following up with a round of derisive terms being flung at their daffy conversation partner. The second reaction would be a sputtering of excited exclamations, complete with dozens of questions and pleas for a demonstration. The demo man did neither. Rather, he responded with a mighty... Hmm. The little woman shrugged. It also travels through space, if you'd prefer that. You don't say, said the demo man. The Scotsman's tepid response confused the little woman. She cocked her head to the side, puzzled. Most humans I've met would be impressed by that. Most humans? The demo man asked. I'm not human, the blonde woman said. It's what my statement implies. The demo man scratched his head. That could imply a variety of things. She could be an animal, an angel, perhaps a demon, a fairy, an extraterrestrial maybe. This was New Mexico after all. If the soldier was correct, then aliens landed in New Mexico all the time. So that seemed the most likely. He'd go with that conclusion for the time being. The demo man continued his inquiry. So, uh, what are you doing here? Getting groceries. The woman responded. Well, my travelling companion is. He told me that this time and this place had the best flavour of barbecue sauce he has ever sampled. We are going to have kale tonight and it seems like the perfect condiment. Kale and barbecue sauce? Oh, heck. Yeah. (laughs) Aliens, no doubt. Or sick humans. The demo man pulled a face. So, uh, he he just left you here? Is that it? The little woman wasn't worried. If letting a half-loaded Scottish demolitionist into a time machine for a trip to the loo didn't throw her off, then neither would being left alone. He should be back shortly. She wandered towards the central metallic mushroom, flicking some switches on. So, where would you like to go? What? No, Missy, I don't need to go in any time or place. Don't need to show me your fancy tricks, the demo man said. Oh, nonsense. The little blonde woman continued her work. She flashed him a cheeky grin. I've wanted to try this out for myself, for a while. Come on, then. Pick a time and place. We won't be gone more than five minutes, I promise. It was with a strange pang that the Scotsman realised where he wanted to go. Why it had come to him so quickly, he didn't know. He hadn't thought of the place in quite some time, or the event which would propel him into his career. He used to dwell on it, certainly, back when he was routinely mocked and jeered, when cold nights in the orphanage were all that he had before his proper parents came forward. Even then, he wondered from time to time if he hadn't been so rash, if he'd just been a good little boy like his first mummy and daddy wanted, then perhaps he would have turned out to be a better person. Maybe even had both his eyes. One little kick in the pants of the space-time continuum wasn't going to hurt anything. A la pool. About 30 years ago? The blonde woman was confused at his request. Scotland? Well, I suppose I can't help if you have poor taste. I mean, if if we have uh, Scots that are listening to us regularly... Apologies to Scotland. Um, <laughs> I'm sure the Doctor will be kicking uh, Romana because he's been Scottish four times now, I want to say. <laughs> Even with her doubts, she prepared the machine for its departure. With a few cranks and flips on the mushroom, the machine roared to life. It wasn't a grand sound by any means. It had more of a gasping, guttural quality, like someone slowly dragging a house key up and down old piano wires. <laughs> So, fun fact, that is exactly that's, what the TARDIS noise is. I, I, if I had to guess, mm-hmm. that's, yeah, that's what that's I would have gone with. sneaky behind the scenes. Excellent. <laughs> the machine did not rock or swear wildly as it took off. Nevertheless, strange images blurred outside of the time machine. The demo man watched them pass by the machine's windows. It was like fire and lightning, dancing in an empty black abyss. Sometimes the energies wound together like a cylinder, 
other times like he was travelling inside of a diamond-shaped corridor. It continued whirling and swirling until he thought his stomach was going to drop out of his torso. As grandiose as the travelling was, it ended abruptly, with no grand trumpeting or explosions. So that's what it's like to travel in a space-time machine! The demo man frowned. Oh, just kind of made me sick. The little woman nodded. It does that to first-time travellers. She led the way outside. Nostalgia slapped the demo man upside the face with a kipper. They had landed outside of a small glen, dotted with hundreds of thick trees. Beyond the forest were rows of charming white houses, a lighthouse shepherding them together. The bays of Loch Broom murmured as gentle waves lapped against the beaches. Ships sailed across the loch, fishermen all out to catch their day's pull. Now he thought his heart was going to fall out. I should warn you, the blonde woman said. Try not to interfere with any major events, particularly of your own timeline. The consequences of changing your future often results in... Oh, bother! (laughs) (laughs) While the little woman was trying to explain to the demo man the very complicated repercussions of breaking the space-time continuum, the Scotsman had already run off towards the north. She followed after him, settling into a light jog. He earned several odd looks from the locals, mostly from the elderly Caucasians with two eyes. He certainly didn't fit into this town, yet he seemed to be at ease navigating his streets. Perhaps it was his hometown. When she had caught up with him, the woman asked, Are you mad? Quite, the demo man said. I'm going to try and find myself before I do something stupid. (laughs) Oh, like? Well, for stars, blow up the Loch Ness Monster. (laughs) (laughs) Are you going into this blind? Uh, yes. Yeah, me too. Oh, actually, that's a lie. I have read further. <laughs> oh, I It's see. been a while, though. Right, okay. The little woman pinched her eyebrows. She hadn't visited Earth all that much, but she had frequented the United Kingdom quite often. I'm sorry. I thought Loch Ness was about 112 kilometres away from here. The demo man nodded. As didn't say I was a smart kid. <laughs> well, if you say so. The little woman kept pace with the demo man, hoping to slow him down. Listen, whatever you do, you cannot change the past. It tends to gum up the future. I've heard that it can even rip holes in universes. If you change a particularly important event... Then how do you travel in time? Aren't you afraid of clapping your hands and causing a hurricane or something? The demo man asked. The woman shrugged. I don't have to worry about such things. I know what is meant to be and what isn't. We have training on Gallifrey for this sort of thing. It's not something most humans can learn. The demo man frowned, slowing down. Guilt banged around in his brain like a dwarf with a diamond hammer. No, golden. Oh, whatever. He sighed. Well, Miss Gallifrey, is it alright if I could just see my adopted parents one last time? The lady sighed. So that was it. He was missing his family. Very well. But you can't tell them what's going to happen to them. Sorry. Well, I'm assuming I should be sorry. Probably something bad, wasn't it? Aye, said the demo man. But I will be good. There are many places and events one could partake in if you decided to visit Olapool. For example, there are charming music festivals that you could pop into if you wish to soak in some local culture. There are art centres and museums, as well as several dozen pubs boasting the same fish and chips recipe as their family's own. However, it's not recommended that you visited the ricky old house where our Scottish demolitionist was left at birth. 
barring the fact that it no longer exists thanks to the short temper of a six-year-old amateur explosives creator, it was always considered to be a boil on the fair face of Ullapool. The shingles had all but fallen off, paint flaked away by storms and the lock. Windows were dirty. The wooden porch was rotten and dropping bits into the bay. Several varieties of cats lived along the property, all sickly and gross as the establishment. Worst of all were the two miserable bastards that lived in the property. It is said that when the duo met their untimely demise, only one person cried over their deaths. Even then, most speculate that to be as much of a fable as that of the aforementioned Loch Ness Monster, who is a rather nice fellow once you get to know him. The dark Scotsman and the little lady from Gallifrey knocked on the front door. They were greeted by the first of the Demoman's adopted parents, his mother. She had the same build as a clump of clammy chicken fat. The woman was as round as she was tall, pale as bleach. Her hair was frazzled, unsavoury spools of copper that could not be tamed by brush or shampoo. The fat in her cheeks shrunk her eyes to little black dots. Her voice was grating, less of a human's and more that of a yapping terrier's. Chris, would you like to be a Scottish mum? I don't know I could do it justice. I'm not sure I'm doing a demo man justice, to be fair. <laughs> so, Nick, do you want to channel the ghost of Mrs. Doubtfire? Just who the hell are you? <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> Saying... Oh, yes, I am your adopted son. Would be the fast track to having a door slammed in his face. Still, the demo man didn't know what else to say. He wasn't sure what he wanted to tell her. All he had wanted was to see her again. Something was wrong. His jaw worked, but no words came out. We're from the unit of... Unit, the little woman said. She smiled, extending a hand. Pleasure to meet you, Mrs... The fat woman gave her an undignified snort. I ain't dealing with the likes of you. Darling, get up here. We've got quacks at the door. If his adopted mother was like fat, his father was like bone. He easily stood six feet tall, towering and waving like a brittle cornstalk. His hair was ratty, combed in such a way to hide only the largest of moles growing atop his head like crop circles. He sniffled, wiping his small nose on the back of his work shirt. On, please. I'm busy. Paper's not going to read itself. Oh, you and your blasted paper! The pale woman gritted her teeth. Should burn the damn newspaper place down myself, or at least get the bastard son of ours to do it. The demo man was taken aback. He'd never heard his first mum talk like that at all. At least, he couldn't remember. He was able to suck enough air into his lungs to squeak out a question. Bastard son? Poor little bugger can't help it. The fat woman pointed down to the beach. Sure enough, there he was. The demo man found himself smiling. He'd forgotten what he was like at that age. He couldn't have been more than a couple of feet tall. He was stringy, a pout constantly fixed to his face. He hadn't learned how to manage his hair yet, so it was wild and tangled, frizzed by rough winds. He'd managed to burn holes into his clothing, his knees scraped by his folly. And yet, as messy as roughed as he was, his adopted mother did not rush to scoop him up or clean him. She just let him play in the wet sand, watching with disinterest as he stuffed dirt and debris into piping. Oh no. <laughs> He's making a pipe bomb, isn't he? I think he, he is. <laughs> the lady from Gallifrey smiled. He's adorable. Hun snorted. Hardly. You try raising him. Every other day I find some damn new plan of his. One day he's out to take down the lighthouse. Next a plus to kill old Nessie. It never ends. Darling cut his wife's complaint short. No, no, hun. Let's not be bagging on family while we got company. 
Wrong time of day for tea, but perhaps you'd like coffee. The demo man and his travelling companion took his first father's offer. They were led inside to the rustic front room. A brief memory bubbled up in his mind. Yes, there was the old radio, fashioned just high enough to reach his hips. He couldn't recall what programme was playing, but he remembered that it always bored him. There was a small cuckoo clock hanging over a tattered, mostly empty bookcase. The clock's hands were broken, always pointing at 6.30. Its ring went off like a charm every hour, although the bird that emerged from the clock had its head lopped off. The sofas were comfortable but worn, at least a decade past their expiration date. Most annoyingly, everything was covered in ivory doilies. They looked less like prim little works and more like webbing. Clearly his parents had not had many visitors in their brief lives, which was a shame, considering the open view they had of the lock. Perhaps it was the only thing in this room that hadn't been ravaged by time. I can smell this house. I think we've all been here at least once. Yeah. So, said Hun, forty quid. This threw both the demo man and the little lady from Gallifrey. Hang on. This threw off both the demo man and the little lady from Gallifrey, as neither had any clue about what the fat woman went. The lady was faster to respond. I'm afraid I don't understand what you mean by that. Come again? I'm assuming you've come for the boy. I ain't seen another black one like you around these parts. Must be your son, unclarified. The demo man felt an involuntary twitch in his good eye. He's not mine, but I suppose you could say we're related. Darling tipped his head towards the blonde lady. Fine then, fine then. That's the mother or just your casewacker? I'm afraid I don't understand what you mean by that. The little woman shook her head. I'm not his mother, at any rate. Shame. You'd look like you'd be a good one, Darlin said. The demo man was still taken aback by his mother's offer. Forty quid? Really? Is that all I... he's worth to you? I admit it's a bargain. The fat woman shrugged her shoulders, taking a sip of coffee. Probably should charge you more for all the property damage this one's caused. You're the first man that's ever even looked at our son in any proper light, so I figure you must want it for your own. I'm just willing to cut our losses. The little lady's nose twitched. Oh, he couldn't possibly be all that much of a burden. I would have given him away had I the chance, Hun explained. The orphanage didn't want one like him, said they get kids like him all the time. All they do is wreck up the place. Contrary to any stereotyping which Hun and Darlin believed existed in the Ullapool orphanage, the reason for the demo man's rejection was much more complicated. Over hundreds of years, several members of the De Groot lineage, of which the demo man belonged, were abandoned by their birth parents. They will be left alone until such a time as their family's penchant for explosives manifested, often in a gloriously miscalculated blast. These explosions were known to have killed thousands of peoples over the course of these centuries. Rumour has it that the original progenitor of this lineage was known as Myrdin Emrys Cyrus de Groot, who many believe to be a powerful wizard and may have been the basis for the fabled Merlin Ambrosius. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I love this law. Most current scholars believe this claim to be pure and utter poppycock, although many of them agree that it does make for a potentially interesting plot twist in modern-day cinema. <laughs> Delightful. That's pure guide, that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's fantastic. Also, fuck Hun, Hun and Darling. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Obligatory, just in there. So, what'll it be? Darling asked. Do you want the boy? The demo man tried to think of the nicest possible way to tell his adopted parents to stick it up their arse. Granted, they'll put up with a lot of his shenanigans. Still, this was low. 
offering to sell him to a couple of strangers just because one of them looked like his dad. He glared at the cuckoo clock, wishing it had another head for him to decapitate. What day is it? The 18th of May, a Thursday, Hun said. Thursday? The demo man pulled the face. Can't then. Darling raised an eyebrow. Oh, why not? The little lady jumped in, trying to help the demo man's lie along. Thursdays are awful. We get the most paperwork then. We simply can't work it into today's schedule. Right, yeah. Uh, afraid I'll have to wait till tomorrow. Uh, possibly next week, the demo man said. Uh, we're late for work as it is. Hun frowned, her jowls piling into a heap. Oh, that figures. Bureaucrats, we can wait. Least you can do is give us your number. Certainly. May we have a piece of paper? The blonde woman asked. Darling passed her the newspaper he was reading and a pen. She scribbled some gibberish phone number in a fluid script, going straight across the crossword as she went. Darling grimaced, muttering his thanks. The woman had more or less ruined his fun for the morning. The least she could have done was solve the puzzle properly. It would have saved him some time at any rate. Nice the, one. Yeah. <laughs> the shade. The absolute shade. The fat woman waved her guests off, not bothering to get off the couch. Go on then. You know where the door is. Both the demo man and the lady promptly exited the rickety house. As they descended the porch, the demo man slipped his hands into his pockets. How cold. Not the weather, although it was threatening to rain at any moment. He didn't remember his parents being that awful. Granted, he was young. Maybe he'd forgotten the nasty bits about them. It rubbed in the wrong way, a tiny sliver of glass jutting at the most annoying angle. What was he thinking, going to see them? He turned his head to the ocean. As he did, he found out that the duo had gained another companion. The demo man found himself staring into two brown eyes, both intact and intense. His younger self sniffled, then pointed at the grenades hanging from his armour. Never seen a grenade so big. Flawless. Oh, oh, thank you very much. <laughs> now you're the Mrs. Doubtfire. I don't know how long I can maintain that. <laughs> the demo man mumbled. Goes to a thumper. It's 40 by 46 millimetres. Neat. His younger version scratched his chin. Suppose you could kill a monster with that? Suppose? Definitely. The demo man agreed. Not meant for catching fish anyway. His younger self nodded. Bit of a demo fan myself. Been experimenting with potassium chloride. Damn Loch Ness Monster keeps stealing my potatoes. <laughs> Gonna show him a thing or two. <laughs> this brought a confused look to the Garifrayan lady's face. Where does a young boy like you find potassium chlorate? Oh, different places. Not so hard. The boy sniffled, rubbing his nose against his sleeve just as his adopted father did. Suppose I could have one of those. Most people would have done the proper thing and not passed a grenade to a small child. <laughs> the demo man, as you may have surmised, is not one of these people. Let's blame it on improper rearing for the time being. He popped one of the rounds off his chest, tossing it to his younger self. The boy caught it with a soft grasp, like his hands were meant, meant to carry such live explosives around. Perhaps it had been bred into him. Oh, thanks, mister. The young boy smiled. The demo man beamed back. You're welcome. Do be careful with it, though. Don't toss it into the wind when it's blowing in your face. I ain't an idiot, <laughs> the boy said. As his younger self turned back towards the fort he was building on the beach, the demo man called to him. Oi! What do you think of your parents? The boy shrugged. 
Oh, they're rubbish. But what can you do, other than run away with a circus, of course? Do you think I'd be a good magician? Keep working with that potassium chloride. You'll be a wizard in no time. The devil man smiled. (laughs) (laughs) This is adorable. All things considered, perhaps he shouldn't have given himself the tool with which he would use to cause a catastrophic explosion. It wasn't like the kid knew about the illegal whiskey cellar and all of the flammable materials it contained. He'd have to live through a lot of guilt. Hell, maybe he'd even concoct some fantasy about how perfect his first family was. Still, he'd already done it. It wasn't a big deal. Probably should have stopped that, the little lady said. The demo man shrugged. Don't sweat it. It'll turn out just fine. The blonde lady nodded. So that was it. A stable time loop. A fairly rudimentary long, but nevertheless it couldn't be broken without some nasty repercussions. She folded her arms, trying to bundle herself up in a jacket. Well, I'm quite done with this place. Are you? I suppose. The demo man's eyes lit up. Unless you think I should go somewhere else. The little lady cocked her head to the side. Well, I've got to swing by Boston to pick up some chicken. Would you mind? The demo man smiled. I think that'll be just fine. It was approximately two hours, 45 minutes and 83 milliseconds before the blonde woman and the demo man arrived back on his base. It's before we watched the uh, the short about the time oh, okay. thing. I've just made a connection. I didn't quite understand the ending, but now I do. Holy shit. Oh, I see. It's all come together. You'll understand. By the time her companion, a moppy-haired man with a ridiculously long and colourful scarf had finished up his own little adventure with the medic, exploring his binary vascular system. We need to read that. Yeah. Yeah, we need to read that. The medic cuts open a time lord. Yes. Ooh, two hearts! Neither Gallifreyan could understand why humans were always so fascinated by hearts. Some misbegotten romantic concept, no doubt. Still, considering that she jacked his time machine, her companion was not as miffed as either of them expected. As they prepared for takeoff, the blonde woman extended her hand. It was nice travelling with you, Mr... Tavish de Groot. The demo man shook her hand. And you as well, Miss... I could not possibly fucking pronounce that. <laughs> Romana Devora Trilungula is my guess. Roman. Ra, ra, Romana. Roman. Romana. Romana Devora Trilunda. Romana Devora Tre. Romana Devora Trelunda. Romana Trevanda. We tried. <laughs> Big word beginning with Romana R. Romana Devora Tren. Trel. Romana. Romana Devella. Supercalifragilisticexpialidocious. <laughs> <laughs> See, this is why the doctor always says, "Just call me doctor," because whatever his name is, it's long and unpronounceable. Yeah, it's it's not mysterious. He just got sick of people mispronouncing yeah. it. Yeah, <laughs> just call me Doc, bro. Romana Devora, Romana Devora Trelunda, Romana Devella Trolanda. She said. Well, well done. Sorry, Grace, could you try that again with a bit more expression? (laughs) Romana Travella Drelenda. She said, we'll go with that one. That's the take. The demo man blinked, unsure if his tongue or his brain could work around that world. Right, then. (laughs) Safe travels. 
There was a strange, sad pain in his heart as he watched them take off. A part of him wanted to go with them, to try and figure out other parts of his life. Then again, there was a good reason he'd developed a scrumpy addiction. Perhaps he should leave his history well enough alone. Still, at least he'd, an he'd answered some questions about his adoptive parents. He hadn't done the right thing, but that wasn't what he was meant to do. He probably wasn't meant to do the scout's mother either, but at least he now knew why his third, old third oldest brother looked an awful lot like a proper DeGroote. Yeah. <laughs> so that's the bit I picked up on. Boston for chicken. I I see. Yeah. yeah. When the scout was like, hey, I've got chicken, you've got chicken. <laughs> yeah. Fantastic. Yeah, I really enjoyed this fic. Yeah, that was really good. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, yeah, thank you, Demon Fox 38s, for letting us read this. Mm, I, I can see they, uh, in places, they really nailed the style of the uh, of the guide. Mm. Especially if you listen to the radio series, it's more obvious in this. Basically, something will be happening, and it'll all be action-packed, like the, the ship is about to blow up, or Arthur's running through a pitched gun battle somewhere. Um, and then it'll cut to, basically, the guide explaining a little bit of background, like some calming music will come in. Mm. And then you'll have uh, Peter Jones, I think it was, uh, you know, reading calmly this sort of bit of background knowledge, which was supposed to be from the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. And then it cut back to the action. And I think that I think that nailed that. That mm. was yeah, that was fun. That makes sense. Hmm. Uh, I'm not a Douglas Adams man, but I am a Terry Pratchett man. Hmm. And they they've off I've often been told they have very similar writing styles. Yeah. And I could see that in this. So, I, yeah. If it's... it's maybe wrong to say that Adams walked so that Pratchett could run, but they were... they were at the same time for the yeah, most part, right? They are very, very, very similar. Chances are, if you like Douglas Adams, you like Terry Pratchett. Mm. So I'm going to have to have a look through the rest of Demon Fox's fix, if, if they write in a similar style. Mm. Yeah, that was fun. Mm. Uh, any other closing thoughts before we... <laughs> <laughs> we are very hungover. and I'm afraid, um, so. I am. You'll see on the Tumblr anyway. Uh, we'll see if we can get uh, maybe get s sort of some pictures up. But I'll be. We've got some pictures to post already. Yeah, but I, I am sat in such a way that the mic stand is looming over me, mm -hmm. and it, it kind of feels a little bit like I'm trapped in a cave because basically, the mic stand is close enough so that my vision blurs it. Mm. So it's it's weird. Yeah, yeah, it is a little bit bizarre. To be honest, I'm used to it. That's how I record. Yeah. Uh, in fact, I'm going to do something which I have only done a limited time before. Selfie. And take a selfie. Oh, you're cool and young now. There we go. Okay, well, I, th I think that's all we've got time for for today. Uh, thank you again, Demon Fox, for letting us read this. Mm. Join us next time. The reason we left this last is we're going to do another Doctor Who fic next. So join us in two weeks when I'm pleased to say... We're returning to silently on the blink of orgasm. Oh yes, mm -hmm. it's been a long time. Good times. Yes. Uh, so I hope to see everyone there, and uh, yeah, this is goodbye to the Team Fortress fandom for now. But it's not. It's not a proper goodbye. We'll probably be back because I've liked everything I've seen so far, mm. and the accents are very easy to do. So but yeah, thank you for listening. If you made it this far. Um, yeah, if you like us, the best way to support us is tell your friends, mm. help us grow, and send us fix you think you might want us to read, because we're open to ideas. Yeah, you can email us as well at thefanshippingforecast at gmail.com. That's the one. Uh, with any uh, any thoughts, nice thoughts, constructive criticism, mm -hmm. if you just want to chat, 
for advice. Exactly. You know, we're open to anything. Yes. Well, not anything, but you you know, just be nice. <laughs> Please be nice. Exactly. We are we are fragile human beings, just like the rest of us. We're drama kids. We've got soft egos. I mean, we're not. Well, I'm not. We we are a little <laughs> bit. <laughs> we're all drama kids. Okay. Uh, yeah. Thanks for listening, and see you next time. Good night. Good night.